I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, starting a new series, Alien Landscapes, I take you to Mars, or maybe not, and uncover the idea of deep time. It's fifty-eight degrees Celsius. Your body is desperately trying to cool down by sweating profusely, but to no avail. The humidity is near hundred percent, so the sweating is futile. It won't cool you down. It's pitch dark, and you cannot even see your own hands. The air is so hot that you find it difficult to breathe. There is no water, and you're surrounded by giant crystals which are twelve meters thick and one meter wide. Your footing is uneven. Slipping and falling means near certain death. Staying longer than a couple of minutes would probably bake you alive. This, however, isn't an alien planet. You don't need Elon Musk to get there. I'm pretty sure most of us don't even want to go there. However, there was one man who was really excited to visit this inhospitable place. Juan Manuel Garcia Ruiz, a crystallographer at the University of Granada. Who traveled all the way from Spain to see it? This was the moment he was waiting for. It started in the year 2000, deep below a mountain near Nayca, Mexico. Miners searching for fresh ore deposits came across an unexpected sight. Massive milky white crystals towered around them, filling a horseshoe-shaped cave. Luminous beams of gypsum bigger than telephone poles gleamed in the miners' lights, jutting in all directions out of the brown limestone walls, floors, and ceiling. Each crystal weighed an astonishing fifty-five tons. It came to be known as the Cave of Crystals. Juan remembers the first time he entered the cave. He said, "After the first couple of minutes of stupor, I burst out laughing. I was euphoric. Visiting these caves is no easy feat. Because of the harsh conditions, scientists and researchers need to wear special cooling suits and can spend no longer than thirty to forty-five minutes within the cave. But so fragile is this space." It's now shut not only to tourists but even to scientists. Gypsum is a very soft mineral. It is considered a two on the most scale of hardness, where talc registers a one and diamond a ten. So even the traffic of human feet is enough to cause them to break. So why am I telling you about a place you simply cannot visit? That two three hundred meters underground, because things which are underlined have held a unique fascination for us. The difficulty of access has long made it a symbol of what cannot be openly said or seen. Loss, grief, the mind's obscure depths, and what Elaine Scarry called the deep subterranean fact of physical pain. So deep is our aversion to the underlined that it is in the foundation of our language. In our metaphors, height is celebrated but depth is despised. To be uplifted is preferable to being depressed. The word catastrophe literally means a downward turn. And yet, the gift that the scientific community gives us is that they have the patience and the drive to go where we wouldn't go. They have the ingenuity to do things we would not imagine. They did two things with these crystals: 
In 2008 and 9, they took samples from pockets of fluid strapped inside crystals. Dr. Penelope Boston and her team were able to wake up dormant microbes in that fluid and grow cultures. The organisms were found to be genetically distinct from anything known on earth. From the crystal growth rate, her team estimated that the organisms they have been growing in the lab had been inside their glittering cocoons for somewhere between 10,000 and 50,000 years. It was a breakthrough because previously such a long period of dormancy was not thought possible. A separate team of scientists did something completely different. Armed with samples of crystals and water from the Nika mine, they set out to painstakingly measure crystal growth rates in the lab. The answer astounded them. Such crystals would have taken nearly 1 million years to grow. To give you a real-world sense of how slow this is, imagine that the crystals just added a thickness equivalent to a sheet of paper every 200 years. To me this brings to the fore the idea of deep time. It is a unit that humbles the human instinct. Epochs and eons instead of minutes and years. It's kept by the drift of tectonic plates and the gypsum crystals of Nika mines. The earth will fall dark when the sun exhausts its fuel in around 5 billion years. Deep time opens into the future as well as the past. We joke that in the long run we are all dead. But what deep time reveals to us is that we are part of a web of gift, inheritance and legacy stretching over millions of years that have gone by and millions of years to come. What seems inert today comes alive when we see it through deep time. If we take the very essence of this, the ideas which we have buried deep in the recesses of our mind, those which we have discarded as inert could suddenly become meaningful. All we need is the patience and persistence of scientists and being satisfied with the growth of our ideas even if it feels like adding a sheet of paper every 200 years. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. 